give me a hell yeah. I said, give me a hell yeah. This is Double G for the Fight Game Podcast. John LaRocca, as usual, is here on board. And we are going to talk about the New Japan Cup, the road to WrestleMania, Monday Night Raw from, what is it now, 20, what is it, 26 years ago? Very, very long time. <laughs> I just, that just made me feel really old. Right now. <laughs> uh, and then also... Uh, we have a preview of Errol Spence and Mikey Garcia, which we will save for the end of the show. Uh, and uh, the person who sent me the preview is uh, is a guy who's been on the Fight Game uh, podcast before, Robert Silva. I told him I wasn't going to publish it on the website. I was going to read it on the podcast. So I'll save that for the end. But John, how are you? I'm doing good, man. How are you? You know, long these these Wednesdays have been pretty long days for me, but... I told the kid, because I usually uh, go to Gilroy from San Jose, which is, it's about, from where I am, it's about, you know, between 30 and 40 minute drive, and uh, and I go and pick him up, and we go grab dinner or whatever, and we went to Buffalo Wild Wings, so we could have some wings and watch some of the Warriors, and I told him, I said, you know, dude, it's, it's uh, in a couple months, like, we're not going to be doing this anymore, like, you're going to be gone, and... And, uh, you know, so we got to kind of cherish the, the, the times that, that we go grab food and stuff. So just counting down, man, to be like, the kids are going to be out of the house. It's going to be ridiculous. Yeah, man. I have a long time for that. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me sad thinking about that though. Definitely wanted to go by slow, but I know it, like everyone says, it goes by so fast though. Does it does totally goes by fast, uh, but yeah. So I'm, I'm cherishing my Wednesdays, but Wednesday Wednesday night is our recording day, so it's a pretty long day for me. And and by the time I usually get home, you know, from working and then traveling and then getting back, uh, I'm pretty fired up for the show. So you know, we 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 kind of burn the midnight oil uh, on these shows, anyways. But uh, I, I'm always I'm always jazzed, and and I can't say that for, you know other reasons why i get super tired you know early but you know when we do these shows i'm not tired at all so i'm pumped up yeah me too i'm not not tired at all after usually after we're done recording i'm kind of pumped up but i <laughs> then you, then then you go watch <laughs> and you go watch more wrestling um uh, sometimes yes sometimes <laughs> yes okay so i want to get a couple of uh things out of the way before we dig in so uh i'm you know i've mentioned a few times that we have the youtube channel and currently what's on the YouTube channel, and you can go just search for Fight Game Podcast. Uh, actually, you can search for Fight Game Podcast, you'll find Fight Game Podcast, but the actual channel is, uh, is called Fight Game Media. Uh, and what we have there are the first, uh, what is it, six, I think? I think we have six episodes of The Road to WrestleMania. So the, ver- the, the, the segment that we do on this podcast, we cut into videos on YouTube. And uh, we put them up, so those are all up. And if you 
are kind of late to the WrestleMania game. You know, you haven't really been paying attention to WWE TV and you just want to go and, you know, listen to us talk about this stuff, you know, uh, that YouTube channel is probably the best way to do it because uh, it's it's a playlist and you can just run episode one through through six uh, on the playlist and it'll just keep going. And John and I, you know, for the last six weeks have been talking about this show. We will do so for the next three weeks as well up until WrestleMania. So check that out. Also, uh, there's a, a podcast that I did with uh, with Big Dave Meltzer. Uh, it was last, what was it, last uh was it Thursday night? I think it was Thursday night last week to preview the New Japan Cup. We did uh, Dave's bracket. We went over his entire bracket. That is both on SoundCloud in full and on the YouTube channel. So if you want to hear Big Dave's breaking down bracketology for the New Japan Cup with Dave Meltzer, check that out. Uh, and one other thing is I'm, I'm pretty sure this is going to happen uh, next Monday on uh, review a raw with John Pollock and Wei Ting, they uh, on postwrestling.com. I, I guess Wei is it's his birthday and he's going to be out of town. I think he's going to like Hawaii or something. So John asked me to record, and I'm pretty sure I can do it. I just have to sort of sort out the details with him, and uh, and and I'm you know I'm probably 99% sure going to do it unless he changes his mind and all of a sudden he finds someone better. But, uh, but anyways, I will be on Review A Raw uh, next Monday, and they, they pretty much record right after Raw is over, so it's up before, you know, before everyone's asleep, probably. So that will, uh, that will be that. Now, now i got to watch Raw, like, super intensely. Yeah, I have to watch Raw now super intently because <laughs> we're doing this road to WrestleMania. But now, I mean, I have to. T- I might have to take notes and all kind of like do that kind of analysis. Oh wow! Well, you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Don't don't stress too much. Just be your, yourself, and it'll be great. Yeah, I might have to. I might have to like uh, drink some scotch or something before the show too. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> um, okay, uh, so let's talk about the New Japan Cup. But before the New Japan Cup, uh, they they started selling tickets for their Dallas G1 show and I bought two tickets uh, WWE prices pretty much I'm like row 7 off the floor uh, so whatever you'd expect for WWE prices so pretty pretty pricey um, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited for this show but when I was on so I missed like I don't know I was like 5 minutes late to actually going on Ticketmaster and my first thought was oh man I'm going to be stuck in the second deck now and no, I was not stuck in the second deck. There were tons of tickets available. So I don't know what the the first day sales on that show were, but um, not. it doesn't seem like it was super duper hot. But hopefully for their, for their uh, case, they do sell more tickets than, uh, than, uh, than normal because that building is really big. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's pretty interesting because the G1 is a very... Japanese New Japan tournament and th- it's not a sort of like New Japan USA kind of show it's also in Dallas and this is the first time they're uh, running that that market and uh, I don't know they you know they did they did the LA shows I know they went to to Charlotte and um, 
Uh, where else did they go? I forgot when uh, when Cobb was did those two shows for them recently with the with the with the um, with the Wasn't New Japan Dojo. Well, the, the, yeah, I guess there was was there one in L.A. and then there was one in Charlotte. Like there were like two. Yeah. They oh, did two no, shows. Uh, yeah, Knoxville, Nashville, one of the two. Okay, so yeah, and now they're in Dallas, and obviously Dallas is where Mark Cuban calls home, and his uh, his arena is where they're going to run it, and you know Mark Cuban also owns access tv where their where their show is on so um it's it seemed like a very smart place to go but i don't know i thought the uh i thought the advertising i thought the marketing i didn't even get an email saying that tickets were on sale and you know i'm a member of new japan world and they know that i'm in the u.s and they know that i'm like watching every day of the new japan cup it would kind of interesting that i didn't get an email so Hopefully they they uh, they step up their game a little bit and they can sell a bunch more tickets because I, I mean I'm super excited for that show as as much as we've talked about going to Madison Square Garden and then going to Takeover and Bloodsport for Mania Weekend, this is kind of the show that I'm most interested in because it is a legitimate like you know Japan style New Japan show. So um, yeah, so that that's that's it. But you know I, I did I did get a couple tickets and hopefully hopefully they they will pick up the steam on that show a little bit. Um, okay, so let's talk about the New Japan Cup, and I wanted to pull out our bracket because you and I both did brackets to uh, to predict who you know what we thought was going to be the winners of the first round, and I'll, I'll just go over the ones that we got wrong. Uh, nobody got Juice Robinson and Chase Owens correct. Everyone had Juice, and so. He, Chase Owens winning was a major upset. Um, I still don't like that. <laughs> I don't like the way that that worked, but uh, based on round two with um, Yoshihashi beating Chase Owens, uh, maybe they didn't want to beat Juice in the second round. I don't, I'm, I'm not really sure, but um, in, in, not not what I would have done, but then again, like I'm not a wrestling booker. You are, and you still didn't think that they should have done that. Um, no, I didn't think that. Cha- I, I understand why they had beat Juice. They, they're setting up a future contender for the United States Championship, and that's all good. But I just don't think Chase is that guy for that spot. I mean, the match at Cork and Hall, while it was good. Solid match. Um, it wasn't like the crowd wasn't that into it. It wasn't that hot, you know. They weren't expecting this big win for Chase. They were not but, hot for the Yoshihashi match either. And yeah, because it's it's. I don't think they see Chase on that level. Um, he's a good wrestler. I like Chase. I think he's a, a solid worker, and I think he'd be a really good tag team guy to really put him. I know he was with the. Uh, the Tokyo Pimps got his name is Casey right right now, but um, you know, and but they're not really a featured team. They're kind of like a B level team. But I think Chase, if you put them with the with uh, someone else, maybe or, or whatever, and, you know, I think he'd be good in that role. I just don't, I just don't see him as a challenger for the U.S. title. Um, I saw Yoshihashi in that spot though, and that's what I was predicting was going to happen in the tournament. I believe. I think I had. Uh, Yoshi upsetting Juice to set up a future 
championship match or maybe I did I don't even remember it's been a while since I did my bracket but yeah you're the you're the only one who had Yoshihashi going to the uh what would it be the elite eight yeah yeah so yeah so my my I thought you know Yoshihashi could upset Juice and set up a future championship match I don't I don't like beating Juice in the first round I think Juice you know he's a future star there, current star there actually, and you know I didn't really like his booking of G1 this past year. I thought he lost a little too much. I kind of feel like New Japan is booking the United States Championship as a as a a, a champion they can beat on a you know semi regular basis because it just oh but he has a championship so it's okay he can lose. You know I think I think he needs to be protected a little bit more and. Um, um, their match today with Yoshisashi and, and Chase Owens uh, it wasn't bad. It was it was good. I I actually enjoyed it a little bit better than Juice and Chase. At least the crowd was a little more into it. I thought towards the end they really got into the so New Year Falls, but but yeah, um, I, I don't really agree with this result. But you know, Gato has a plan. He's a smart guy, of course. Uh, we'll see. Maybe he just feels like. An American challenging for United States belt is better. Maybe it's gonna happen at the. Uh, maybe it's gonna happen at the G one, uh, the the Supercard at Master Regard. Maybe that's what they feel like. Another American should challenge for that title. But but the we'll problem the problem is, my at least in my eyes is, the crowd that's going to that show. They want to. They would rather see. A major Japanese star than an American guy who is a mid carter. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I was kind of hoping that maybe we see like an ROH guy get a shot at Juice because you know Juice is you know heavily involved in ROH and with uh, Life Lifeblood his group. So I figure maybe someone from ROH would challenge him for the U.S. title there. But you know, I we'll see. I, I don't know. If, I don't know if they're going to save that match. For uh, Chase versus Juice, so the U.S. title is somewhere on the next tour after, but I just have a feeling it's going to happen at uh, at MSG. You had you had Hanare beating uh, Lance Archer in an upset, which didn't mm-hmm. which didn't happen, uh, and then you we both had Makabe and Davey Boy Smith Jr. <laughs> winning their matches against Colt Cabana and Yano, and you know what after. I saw the results. I was like, duh, I feel dumb for not yeah. picking Cabana and Yano because that's a natural comedy matchup. I know. I, I felt the same way, but it's like, God, man, like, New Japan, give Dave Boy Smith Jr. something. You know, he's so good and he's so talented. And I just feel like they're just they're just not using him to the best of his ability. I think, you know, it would be nice to you know, see him elevated in like a, a a tournament like the cup would be would be perfect for that. And same thing with Makabe. I feel like Makabe is getting left in the dust. You know, I think he still has I think maybe they see him in that Yuji Nagata roles, the older guys, the you know, n- not not in their future plans, but I think, you know, you should still keep him strong. Makabe is still a, a great character, a good brawler. I, I just, you know, I, I really enjoy his work. And, um, I'm, you know, I like Coco Bad too. I think he's really good. I just, you know, I was just, I was just thinking maybe this is where they give Makabe something, you mm-hmm. know, because they, 
they haven't really been doing much with him, so I figured that they'll give him a win here. I wanted to see the the two beasts go at it, Makabe and Davy Boy Smith. Yeah. Um, that'd, be, that'd be a great match. Now we're going to get uh, a <laughs> comedy special, which is, you know, people love it. I'm not a fan of it, but we'll see. Maybe it'll, be, maybe it'll crack maybe it'll crack me a smile, uh, crack a smile and have a good laugh with it. But, I mean, not... I mean, this tournament, they ex- they expanded the field, right? Mm-hmm. They made it bigger. It's like, make it special, you know? So give them, like, these, you know, if you want to compete it with G1, like, give really good matches to say, hey, shoot, you know, like that New Japan Cup, where, you know, that's that's something I look forward to next year as well. And, uh, you know, to, to kind of mirror your thoughts about Davey Boy Smith Jr., he is such... A badass, and he looked like such a fool in this match. Yeah, yeah, it's it's one of those over. It's one of those ones that you just don't believe. You're just like, eh, okay, that was that was bullshit. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then I also missed on, I missed on Tenzon Taguchi, uh, and then this one may come back to bite you, depending on what they do with Sonata. But you had Goto beating Sonata, and Sonata, I thought looked like an absolute stud in this match i really like this match obviously you know goto's great too like the but i just i just watched sonata and i was like man they need to do something with him this year yeah i'm like i think we talked about it last year or or just maybe the beginning of the year we talked about sonata and i definitely think he should be set up for an ic title at the end of the year or maybe at the dome or something like that because yeah he's great the reason why i went with goto you know, Goto just lost to Jeff Cobb at the uh, Honor Rising shows, and I just figured, like, okay, they're going to kind of give him a big win in the cup and have him go on to, you know, that's why I figured there, but no. So let's, uh, you know, we'll talk about Ishii and Taichi in a second, but in the first round, what was your favorite match? I think my favorite match was uh, Ibushi and Naito. It's just it was pretty crazy and 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 it felt like a really big big match and it was um, close. Second is uh, Nagata Ishii, mm-hmm. but I just think I it's kind of weird. When I watched Nagata Ishii. I just like I expected that match. Yeah, I kind of had I had it. I already knew it was going to happen before it. I watched it. So yeah, envisioning it in your mind, exactly what happened. So Ibushi and Naito was interesting because, you know, I I felt like Ibushi was going to win, but you just never know with Naito, and you know, and plus maybe I thought maybe they you know Gato likes to throw some some twists and turns, and maybe you know even though Ibushi signed his contract and, and they're featuring him, maybe that he would have him lose here, but. But I thought it was a really good match, really dangerous match. I don't know why Naito wants to shorten his wrestling career. <laughs> I just feel like there's there's no reason why he had to take the Tiger Driver ninety one at the end when he got yeah. dropped on his head. Like that was just that was just foolish in my opinion. Um, uh, there was just a lot of a lot of dangerous stuff and um, some you know. But I thought it was really good. I thought I thought the crowd was just going crazy for it. So I, I thought it was just just the best match of the first round. So uh, was there? I mean, I think we would both probably say that Yano and Davy Boy Smith was the worst match. Uh, at least I was the most disappointed in that mm-hmm. match. Um, 
my fa- I'll give you my favorite moment of the whole first round, and uh, I, we, you and I have talked about this, so I don't, but I don't know if it was your favorite moment, but the near fall in the Tanahashi Uminu match, that was like the best moment. I I I popped at at the thing. I was like, I can't believe they got me for half a second. It was that was unbelievable. Yeah, that was close. I mean, he made it close, and it was awesome. And I, I like that match a lot. And it wasn't, uh, it wasn't like overdone. Like Umino got just as so much offense as he should have got on on Tanahashi. You know, sometimes I think they give <clears throat> the young boys just a little too much, and maybe you know, not as realistic. Where you, you know, but Tanahashi definitely like, you know, it's pretty dominating win, and it should be right. Yeah. So, but, but there should be some hope for Umino and there and there's a big hope like he you know even though it was basically a dominating performance of Tanahashi he did give that one big moment to Umino and and that and that will go a long way in Japan people remember that and you know as he as he moves up the ranks in New Japan so just quickly we did a bracket uh, a little bracket um competition on our, uh, our on our fight game podcast Facebook group and so I think we had like 16 or something, 16 people. And, and look, we only have like 85 people in the group. You know, we, we, we don't make it open to everyone. You actually have to ask to come in. You know, I generally approve everyone anyways. But so it's not real, real easy to, to, to get in. And so 16 out of the 80 some odd people, I thought that was a really great uh, participation there. So just to quickly give a couple of shout outs. So the two people who got the most first round matchups correctly the heartbreak kid David Rubio with fourteen out of sixteen, and our buddy Nick Mahmoud, who we will we will give another shout out to later as we talk about ninety three Raw. Um, they both they both got fourteen out of out of sixteen. Uh, Dave Dutra and Duan got thirteen out of sixteen. So those are the top four. Uh, I got twelve. Uh, Big Dave Meltzer got twelve. You got eleven, and then everyone else is sort of between twelve, eleven, and ten. And so in the second round. Uh, we already talked about Yoshihashi and Chase Owens. You're the only one to predict Yoshihashi to get into the um, the top, I guess, what is it? The top eight. Um, and so in, uh, in the other uh, second round matchup, we had Ishii and Taichi. And I was a little worried, and not worried in like a bad way, but... I was like, wow, is Taichi really going to win this match? And, you know, then the next round is uh, Taichi and Yoshihashi. Uh, and they had me going, man. Like, I was like, oh, shit, he's going to win this match. Uh, Ishii wins at the end, but that was a pretty good match. Yeah, I liked it a lot. You know, I think Taichi kind of gets a bad rap. But, like, when it comes to his big moments, I think he really comes through. And... He's a good heel. I, li- I like him. I like his. I like his shtick. I like the whole thing. His entrance. His his heel work. Um, you know, he's good. He's good too in the ring. Like, and he knows how to pick his spots well, and and just a good character all around. And uh, you know, Ishii's fantastic. And I thought this match was really good, and it got the crowd going, and and uh, got the crowd really biting on a lot. And t- people were really behind Taichi in this match too. Now, I don't know if he's from that town or what, but like it was just like the crowd seemed to be a little more into Taichi than Ishii, but they love and respect Ishii. So I think they were just kind of want, they wanted to see an upset. And uh, it was great that the powerbomb, 
near fall and just I love the moment where Ishii uh, basically challenged him to be a man and don't use yep. interference. Yep. And people pop big when he threw down the mic when Taichi threw down the microphone stick. Um, what's up with red shoes, man? <laughs> like you could just blow in his face and he'll fall down. <laughs> like, like just for example, like the Chase Owen Yoshihashi. Right? I think there's a moment where like Chase like grabs his shirt. Yeah, he like, he just he just does like he just walks over and grabs his shirt and he pulls him toward the rope, and it was they, just like for no reason. Yeah, and he and Amino stuck to the rope like a fly on flypaper. Like, turn around, dude. Like, yeah, they make they make they make the refs look s- such fools. And Amino is Red Shoes is just a good, it's a really good referee, but he's also I think too much of a character at times. Can kind of take away from what's going on in the ring, but it just cracks me up with New Japan because you know. They 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 try to you know block the ref so they can do some do some interference but it doesn't matter anyway they can kick the ref in the head drop kick him and, he, and he'll be back up to count the fall and there'll be no consequences so it's, yeah it's a funky world in Japan when it comes to the refs so we do have one elite eight matchup already ready to go and that is Ishii against Yoshihashi so for the rest of the second round we have Okada against Nichols. Mm-hmm. Osprey against Archer. Now, that could make a dream match of Okada and Osprey. We've only we haven't seen that only but a, one or two times, at least I, as far as I can remember. Um, and then Tanahashi and Taguchi, and Ibushi and Zack Sabre Jr. So no matter what, out of that bracket, I mean Taguchi's not winning this match. So it's going to be either Tanahashi versus. Ibushi or Tanahashi versus Zack Sabre Jr. So you're going to get a fantastic match out of that bracket. And then the winner of Cabana against Yano against uh, Suzuki and Sonata, um, you know, not, not as, not as, uh, as much of a, of a dream matchup in that bracket, but you know, for those two middle cards, if we get Osprey and Okada and Tanahashi and whoever he faces, like, holy cow. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's um, gearing up to be a, a really good finish. Even like I, I, I assume we're getting Ishii and Okada as one of the semifinals, and then we'll get. Oh man, we could get Ibushi and Tanahashi or Sonata or you know or something like that. So it's it's should be pretty damn good. So, what out of the second round matchups that I just mentioned? Um, I, I my guess is Ibushi and Zack Sabre Jr. is the one that you're looking most forward to. Is is that right? Or is there any... Or is there, or, or, and then what's sort of the dark horse matchup that you're really looking forward to in that second round? Um, the match I'm looking forward to most is actually uh, Okada and Mike Nichols in the second round, just because it's a big match for Mikey Nichols. Um, so I like I like big match moments for people to see how they come through. And, and Mike, he's good, so... And you know this is this is a match that can really make him in New Japan and and you know the fans already know him from Noah they know he's a good wrestler but you know this is where if he has a really killer match with Okada it can definitely do a lot for him and in the company. So just for the rest of the tournament, uh, we mentioned the, the Okada Nichols match and the Osprey Archer match that is going to happen Thursday Thursday morning and then there's a day off. And so uh, Saturday, 
is going to be the, uh, the 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 Tanahashi, um, uh, the ta- the Tanahashi against Taguchi match, and the Ibushi and Zack Sabre Jr. match, and then on Sunday is the Cabana and Yano and Suzuki Sonata, and then they're going to take two days off, mm-hmm. and so the next time we record, they will have already had uh, the you know the Elite Eight matches that we talked about. Um, and then they'll do two days in a row, and then they come back with the final four, and then on the same night, and then they come back on the twenty fourth for the final. So this tournament's going to be over in in eleven days, and uh, we'll 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 keep everyone going on on what's going on here. So, um, so yeah, so the New Japan Cup, I'm having fun. Yeah, so it's been fun, and you know it's important for us too because we get to see who's going to be main eventing the Masters Fair Garden show so I I believe it's going to be Okada I don't think you go into MSG main event with anyone but Okada maybe yeah but Ibushi would be my second choice for sure yeah 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 it would be it would be the only way I could see Tanahashi is if somehow Okada gets upset before he gets to the finals yeah 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 all right, let's talk about the road to WrestleMania. The way that we're going to do this from here on out is we are going to look at all of the matches made and all of the matches that are heavily rumored based on storylines or any information that we find out. And then we'll kind of like just, you know, shoot it on what we think some of the guys who aren't really tied together uh, may do. So let's talk about Ronda versus Becky versus Charlotte. So at Fastlane... They had the match between Becky and Charlotte. Ronda did the run-in. She disqualified Charlotte so that Becky could be in the match. And uh, and that's, I mean, that's how they got Becky in the match. You know, I think we've both been uh, pretty critical of, of the storytelling here, while also understanding that the fans are still crazy nuts for this match. But what were your thoughts on the way that they finally got Becky in? I just think it was all lazy. I think they, I think they miscalculated the pop when, you know, they miscalculated. And I shouldn't say the pop because that's kind of Marcus thing to say, but like they miscalculated the moment, and and you know they figure that people are gonna explode when they see Ronda hit Becky, and they they're they're gonna know that you know that makes her in the match a three way. It just just it was poorly executed, which is surprising. I, I thought WWE do a better job with that, but they they didn't and i mean luckily for them all three are still very hot and people are into the match but it's just that it was just a a head scratch the crowd didn't react to it and um it's just it's just it was it's just a missed a missed opportunity i think they just they try to get too creative at one point with the storyline with the injury and 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 the suspension and all that and having her come back trying to back her way back in it it's they should they should have done a lot better with the storyline, but it's like I said, it's people are still interested, so we'll see. So we didn't actually get to talk about this yet because I think it happened after we recorded, but um, you got uh, a promo by Ronda Rousey on her video blog. Which uh, got a lot of people upset. And so, uh, 
I don't know. It, 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 I, I found it to be humorous. I obviously didn't take it seriously, but people took it seriously and it worked to get, you know, to get people up in arms, but I just found it to be, I, I didn't think that wrestling fans today could get so bent out of shape over something that was clearly a uh, a written promo and like a, a a way to get them upset like it just it just felt a little uh, a little weird to me that 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 worked as well as it did the funniest thing you said right there is that the wrestling fans would get upset I'm not, i don't care about the wrestling fans i think it's that they should get upset that's, that's but they're you know that's their thing but the my favorite is seeing all the wrestlers quote quote <laughs> wrestlers <laughs> on the indie scene chime in on twitter facebook or other social media stuff about ronda and her promo about wrestling being fake etc it's like idiots <laughs> it's a worked promo she's you know this is approved by wwe this is approved by ronda this is approved by vince like it's just part of the storyline you know i'm not a big fan of it i understand they want to bring some kind of realism to the story i don't think this is the way to do it but you know my entertainment of all was just seeing other wrestlers in this business just be up in arms with this promo or people involved in this wrestling business up in arms with this promo it's just so laughable like come on guys do you do you think that they really thought that ronda was shooting off the hip I'm guessing. I know knowing these guys, some of these people I do, yeah, they probably did. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, it's just, uh, it's 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 crazy how you know, it's funny seeing how people in the business can get worked as well. So well, and and here's the thing, right? If you disagree with the way that they are telling the story, I completely get that because. You know, you, you the way that pro wrestling storytelling should be told, you know, you have a certain perspective of how you think, you know, things should, you know, the the wink, wink, nudge, nudge kind of kind of way. Like it may, maybe you think that it's not creative to, you know, sort of do the, the inside stuff the way that they did it with Rhonda basically saying, I mean, she, she was about to say it was fake and then she caught herself and said it was scripted. And then she shot on the fans, which was pretty hilarious to me. Uh, and and you know, it, but if you are a pro wrestler, and you go, you know what, I understand why they did it. I just disagree with the way that they did it. So I, I I'm all ears. Like I get that yeah. part of it. But if you blame Ronda for shooting off the hip, and you think that that's really her, and so you're mad at her. That's the part that I don't get because it was clear that that was not the way that that was that was not what happened. No, no, no. But you know, some people are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, but maybe you know, in a sense, you know, they could they could what what is it? Uh, you know, they can get lost in it. You know, like like when when you're younger and you become a fan, you kind of get lost in in the reality of it, and maybe for a second they're like. Oh man, like they got me. But then to then go on Twitter 
and type up something, uh, you know, uh, after you've already digested what it was. That, uh, that that's kind of silly, but hey, what you know, whatever. Maybe, maybe Rhonda just did such a great job that that that's that was what happened. Yeah, no, she's she's great. I, I, like I said, I love bitch Rhonda. Like I want more of it. Um, and I'll talk about another person I wish was around more too. Like go go down this card. So uh, so basically, the story was that. Rhonda came out on Raw and, uh, you know, just said that she told Becky she was going to beat her up, and she did, and or maybe that was in, in the promo that she did on the, on the video blog. But, um, you know, she she said, you know, you 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 and Charlotte, uh, the reason why I want you in the match is because now there are no barriers, and I can just beat the living hell out of you, which brought out, um, uh, I'm why am I forgetting her name? Uh, who came out to, to do the promo or to, to cut the promo on Ronda? Come on, how can you forget Dana Brooke? Oh, Dana Brooke. She comes out, and a lot of people liked her promo because it was like very like from the heart. Like I've been trying to, I've been working my ass to get here, and you know this is my this is what I do for a living. My problem with it is if they had teased this version of Dana Brooke for four weeks and she actually got like a win or two on TV, then I go, yeah, I can get behind that. But she hasn't done anything. So how do I know what she's been, you know, that whole thing? Like, I just thought that was so like, why her and and why it would have been so much better. And, and maybe they don't want to move in this direction because, you know, Natty was doing something with Beth. But why doesn't Natty cut that promo? Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, you can't expect fans to get behind Dana Brooke in this emotional promo that she's trying to cut when they haven't seen her for months, you know, if, you know, whatever it was. You know, they, if they like you said, if they had her for a few weeks, like, giving her all, improving the ring, she'd come up on the losing end, but the renouncers focused on how how she's been improving and trying harder, blah, 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 and then, then this promo makes sense. But I love that. I love that Bronda destroyed her, though. Yeah, she killed like, her. Oh, that was great. And uh, man, that 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 was that Samoan drop kind of move she mm-hmm. does. Woo! I thought she's gonna kill Dana Brooke. With that. <laughs> that was scary as hell. I I, I popped like not in like, excitement, just in horror. I was like, oh my god, I thought she was gonna really hurt her neck with that, but it looked good. So the thing that Ron has been doing is she has been like speed promoing. Like she's going through these promos so fast, and I think it works because. She's pissed off. She doesn't want to do the slow Triple H cadence on the promo that everyone has to do. And we sit there for 20 minutes. It's different. And I really like it now. She's got to do a fast version of, you know, words that say stuff like um, uh, desecrate the place you they love. Like, you know, no one really talks like that. So she's, I mean, she's, she's doing a hell of a job memorizing that if, and, and speed promoing. But um, what do you think of the whole WrestleMania sign that they point to? It, to me, it is so lame now. And it's so lame that the crowd absolutely doesn't pop for it anymore when it used to be the cheapest pop of all time. It's like been lame for like five or six years now, I think, you know, and it's almost like just like a... A comedy thing. People just chuckle. Here's you know, they can make a reference like, yep. and then she's gonna point to the sign, or he's gonna point to the sign. It just, 
it's just it's just goofy but that's that's part of WWE's Wrestlemania build you know is oh everyone has a point to that sign I gotta get have my moment I gotta be at Wrestlemania blah 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 blah. yeah that's just part of the story overall story of Wrestlemania and so on Smackdown they had uh, Becky come out and Becky Becky is Becky's version of the story is she got Ronda to disqualify uh, her because that's what she wanted to do and she played Ronda like a fiddle and then Charlotte came out and Charlotte got two new nicknames this week the first one was the golden girl and if and if you search golden girl in google all you're gonna see is the old women from golden girls so I don't know about that nickname and then the other nickname she was given was miss wrestlemania she gave herself that one uh and so she talked about how you know becky's kind of a flash in the pan and she's been doing this for four years and becky basically said well you've been doing this for four years but guess why we're main eventing wrestlemania it's because of me and uh and and that was their their little their little standoff now if you're wondering about becky's knee so uh, Charlotte puts her in the figure four right before she gets disqualified on um, uh, 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 in the match at uh, at Fastlane, and so you would think that wow, you know this this really jacked up knee. Charlotte puts a figure four on it. You know Ronda disqualifies uh, Charlotte. That her knee would actually be in so much worse shape being in the figure four, considering that Charlotte taps people out in that move. You know she didn't bridge in it, but still. Becky comes out with the crutch, throws it aside, and just walks down. And it's just like, I'm good. Like, I'm still limping, but I don't need the crutch anymore. So I was very upset. Not, I mean, not upset, but I just thought that well, was not good storytelling at all. Well, in Becky's offense, she had a lot of good treatment on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so that's where we are with, uh, with that match. The, uh, Brock versus Seth. You know, Seth has been doing stuff with the Shield, and we got to see that great match at Fastlane with the Shield finally back together for one for that one time. They came out on Monday as a sort of a farewell address, and they really did nothing except, you know, say that okay, now we're gonna go our separate ways. Seth's got this title match. Roman needs to get back in the singles thing, and Dean said nothing. So, uh, so that set up Paul Heyman coming out to talk to Seth. And uh, and and he, how this is some really backward story. Not backward, but you're you're really getting you know the fans to 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 stop using their brains here if this is what you're good what you're doing. But the idea is that Seth is fast and he's small, but he's athletic, and Brock has troubles against those guys like Daniel Bryan and Finn Balor. Now, I buy it for like a second because then if you go yeah you're right Brock has had problems with those guys but wait who has beat Brock oh (laughs) it's these big guys like Roman Reigns (laughs) and The Undertaker and so I I like the attempt but after about I don't know after about 30 seconds I was like you guys are not fooling me with this nonsense I I didn't think it was that I didn't think it was bad I thought it was pretty good um I kind of liked how they made these Brock's history kind of like play into the the story that 
you know, Seth was, you know, trying to compare himself to smaller, faster guys and, you know, but, but he did, he did say that he was going to be the one that beats him though. Unlike Finn Balor, Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles. Um, I, 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 I like this. I like this. Now, what happened after? <laughs> <laughs> you, no you, one, you, you no were... one, no one cared or, or reacted. Shelty B, you weren't you weren't impressed with Shelty B. Um, also known uh, to some, uh, some ladies on the indie circuit, Shelty. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> that's an old inside joke. Um, and. You know, like he comes out and people are like, "Who's this guy?" Like, I don't know. He's only been on the roster for the last year, and uh, you know, I'm sure Shelton was pretty excited to be part of something, and 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 it, it did make sense if he, but if you're like a hardcore geek and remember all this kind of stuff, but yeah, because they they didn't even tie him and Brock together in, in the announcing. Well, no, Paul Hyman did though. They talked. He talked about coming up together or something like that, or. During the, uh, that's that's, the, that's right. He did he did say that he was Brock's coach or something like that, right? Yeah, but it was quick. It was quick, and and but you know a lot of people that probably moved on from watching <laughs> the wrestling now. You know the, the, these fans now probably don't really remember. And then they have, and of course Shelton hasn't done anything of substance since his return to WWE. So, um, you know, and the match ended like abruptly. Like it just seemed like Seth was gonna have like his big comeback and like he had a comeback, but it was quickly with those curve stomp and that was it. One, two, three. It reminded me of the I don't know, maybe was it a month on Raw when they tried to push Shelton as like the the next guy and like he was having really good matches with Shawn Michaels and I think he had some matches with Triple H and they were doing skits with him and Trish. Uh, that were like uh, a satire on the the uh, Terrell Owens and Desperate Housewives uh, <laughs> skit, and then you know Shelton was having really good matches, and then they just kind of I, I don't remember what happened, but I got that had to have been like I don't know fifteen years ago or something crazy. There's a lot. There's a lot of stops, start stops with him. Um, what I didn't like about this, I thought that was ridiculous because you have three weeks till WrestleMania, like. Want, you, you have Shelton attack him, leave him laying, and then you announce the match for next week. Un- so the- unless they have more of like people related to Brock in some way that, that come out and, and do this Mark Marrow? thing. Mark Marrow. <laughs> Uncle Mark. Um but no, like, like, don't I mean? Don't you think they should have built up something for next week? Like, this is a perfect opportunity to build something next week. But it's like well, they it, do it, everything together so fast, and they ruin like some momentum. Like, at least give Shelton a promo later, so people can care about their match later. It was yeah. really, it was really abrupt. But what I started to wonder is if they're going to try to get you know the you know the way that they think that they they need to get Seth hot is that he's got to overcome, you know, these odds of these guys attacking him and, you know, especially if they're related to, to Brock's past or whatever. I don't know, I'm waiting for a hardcore Holly to come to come out and attack him next week or something. I don't know. Charlie, Charlie Haas. Charlie Haas could do it. But they're um, part of Kurt Angle's group. If you're, if, if you're not a hardcore geek and remember all the OVW stuff, like, you know, Charlie Haas is more with Angle, right? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, who else could they tie to to Brock and and have him, have him 
you know, jump Seth. I'm trying to think of other guys. That young kid that's in college wrestling right now coming. Oh, yeah. The new protege could uh, take him out. Gable Stevenson? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that's his name. But, yeah, you know, like, I just think... I just think they should at least build to next week, and 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 because it just happens. Like they go to commercial break, they come back, have a match, but like no one cares, no one cares. Um, I'm sure next week Seth might get his his shot on Brock because I think Brock will be on Raw next week because I believe that's what they advertise. So. Yeah, I, I, Brock did have like a monster Survivor Series tag team one year. It was like Brock and. Matt Morgan and mm-hmm. I forgot there was a couple other guys so maybe maybe they'll pull, they'll pull some guys from that team. But, Nathan Jones. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Um, okay, so yeah, so they they are hopefully getting a little bit more. And, and you know, some of the reason why this has felt a little bit flat is because Seth got hurt and he wasn't working, so he's back and now now he could do stuff. So hopefully they move full speed ahead. Um, so Daniel Bryan beat uh, Mustafa Ali and Kevin Owens in another good match at Fastlane, and uh, I think you know they they made us they made people really feel like Kofi was getting screwed uh, at Fastlane, and they did the the same thing on SmackDown. So here's how they're gonna at least try to get Kofi Kingston into this match. So he had a long interview segment in the in the last uh, 10 minutes of SmackDown. And basically, they are portraying Kofi as... Or, I'm sorry, Vince is portraying Kofi, or he's treating Kofi as if he was like an employee of the year kind of guy. Like, comes to work, never shows up late, always dependable, I can count on him. But he's not a main guy. And he said... <laughs> I like this line. Vince said that Daniel Bryan told Vince that Kofi Kingston was a B-plus player. <laughs> and so uh, the New Day, you, you had uh, you had Biggie and Xavier basically cutting Kofi's promo for him, which set up Kofi cutting a pretty good promo about how, you know, this is his livelihood and he's been with the company for so long. It's given him a great family. He's traveled the world. But he's also sacrificed stuff like, you know, he hasn't been able to take his kid trick-or-treating on Halloween because he's been on the road. He missed, uh, you know, the when his kid lost his first tooth uh, and the tooth fairy. So, so then Vince basically said, here's what you need to do, Kofi, if you want to get into WrestleMania. You have to beat Randy Orton, Samoa Joe, The Bar... And Eric Rowan in a gauntlet match to get into the match against Daniel Bryan. Uh, they also had the New Day uh, interfere in, uh, there was an eight-man tag earlier, and they kind of cleaned house. And then at the end of this show, they cleaned house. So I got to believe that the New Day uh, is part of helping Kofi get into this match. Um, but yeah, so I mean, that's, that's, what, that's what they're doing, and... And uh, Daniel Bryan and Rowan beat Ali and Kevin Owens. Rowan pinned Ali with that like face crusher choke slam or whatever that he does, and uh, and so it's full steam ahead seemingly for Daniel Bryan and Kofi Kingston. Now, I think we've talked about this, but my main problem is not with Kofi Kingston the wrestler. My main problem is with the idea that fans have 
that because Kofi Kingston has been around for a long time, that he deserves this match. And Vince is absolutely playing off their emotions in this angle. It's amazing. Like, he's 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 got his A game on when it comes to manipulating the fans on these two main angles. Yeah, the only thing is so similar. That's what drives me nuts. Yeah, like, totally, totally that's similar. That's, that's the only thing is if it's just, it just by itself, even as kind of ridiculous as the storyline is, like I think it'd be, I think I had a little more interest in it. I I believe that. Xavier Woods and Big E are going to help Kingston get into the because there's no way he's beating. I mean, are you are you really sacrificing Randy Orton and Samoa Joe for this? You know, right. like I mean, I get the Barb, Eric Rowan, that's fine, but like Orton, I don't like that. Joe, I think he has some decent momentum with the U.S. title thing. Um, but yeah, I, I would, I mean, we'll see how it plays out. And I guess next week is a pretty big show. So Triple H and Batista had their interview segment on, on Monday on Raw. Batista spitting into the mic. Tri- uh, Triple H um, not wanting to give him what he wanted, but also didn't know what he wanted. And Dave basically saying... All he wants is a match with Triple H to end his career. And uh, then Triple H finally gave in. He wants it to be a no-holds-barred match, which means he's going to hit Dave with a sledgehammer, I presume. And, uh, and yeah, what, what did you think of the... Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming this is their main build to that match. Um, like some of it, then like others, like the whole, like, you know, Triple H not knowing what... Batista wanted, or I guess it's just, you know, I guess to set up Russell, you know, I guess he wanted to say Russell. I mean, I don't know. It's just like, come on. I know Triple H is busy, but come on, man. Figure it out. <laughs> um, I thought uh, Batista's emotion was great. I, I love, come on, man. Where's Hollywood Dave at? I know. Where's he been? Oh, my God. Like, dude, we need like a, I say like we need a year or two with this guy. I didn't, I didn't want Thespian Dave. I wanted Hollywood Dave. Mm-hmm. I love the uh, Guardians of the Independent Wrestlers line by Triple H is really good. That was pretty entertaining. Um, so, so I mean, that's, that they went after the independent wrestling scene on that promo, and then they did it again with. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that in a second with Andy uh, with Randy Orton and AJ Styles. They like they just they're they're going after the indies. You know, oh, one thing I forgot to tell you in the Kofi Kingston promo is Vince is basically telling Kofi that he's the old he's the old man of the New Day crew. And he's letting those two young bucks, Big E and Xavier Woods, do all the work. So I guess Kofi is the Cody Rhodes in the, in the New Day. <laughs> I guess so. But <laughs> back to Big Dave Batista and Triple H. Like I love this David. I love this. I love this character. Um, it sucks. It's going to be so short because. Uh, Come on, man. This is what I wish. And, and he's such, and it's, you know, no, and it's, what's cool to see is like, it's mostly them doing their own thing, right? Yeah. And so it's so much better and so much, at least with, when it comes to Batista, like his delivery is so good. And so here's, here's the thing. Are we supposed to remember the day after WrestleMania 26 when Batista quit? Is that what he keeps referring to when he keeps saying that Dave quits all the time? 
I'm, I'm guessing that's what it is, but like no one knows that story. Like no one in that audience really knows that story. They, you know, that, like, that the, most, was... the average fan in that audience doesn't know that story. It's just ridiculous. I hate stuff like this. This inside stuff just ten, it's like ten years. It's like ten years ago. Exactly. And he's been back since then. He, the the Triple H uh, they they did the Evolution versus the Shield, and that was five years ago. I don't remember. Dave necessarily quitting or them, you know, make, making a big deal about him leaving then. Like, so I don't know. I, I, I didn't get the quitting part. And no, it's going to, no, it's going to be a topper of all this. And it's going to put a big old poop right in the middle of the ring. Is it when they're going to shake hands after a hug? <laughs> you know, why don't you just make Shawn Michaels the referee for this one? Oh, we have a couple weeks. <laughs> who, who do you think is going to be Kurt Angle's retirement match? Now, it's not my original idea. I have to give a shout-out to our good buddy, Dave Dutra. But when he brought up that it should be John Cena and how it made sense because Angle was John Cena's first appointment in the WWF, and I thought, I'm with that, man. I like that. I like that idea that it's Cena. I think, even though you, know, you, you could use Cena in a different role, like you know, putting over someone, you know, like a Drew McIntyre, but... As obviously now Drew's seems like Roman Reigns. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Because but you know, like like it doesn't like it's, this doesn't hurt Cena. I mean, Cena can win. He you know he can beat Angle, obviously, and and I think it's it's a good bow on their story too. So I, I, I like I like that a lot. I, I hope it's Cena now. I like the story a lot. I just really worry about them doing like a twelve minute match at this point because Kurt is in such bad shape. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I, actually, I, I shouldn't say that he's in bad shape or not. Like, I don't know. He just moves really slow. And Cena has had, you know, Cena's matches coming back have not been great. But you know, I think, I think they'll figure it out. You, you even, you know, you even mentioned this last year when we were when we were talking about Kurt Angle against Triple H uh, at WrestleMania. You know, Kurt and Ronda against Triple H and and Stephanie. And at that point, I was like, oh man, I'm so worried about Kurt. And you're like, Kurt's going to be fine, and he was absolutely fine in that match. Yeah, he'll 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 step up to the game. I just I just don't like that this was so like out of nowhere. I felt like well, it was Pittsburgh, right? Like if they were going to yeah. do it, that was the place. I to guess, do it. but it wasn't like I was expecting this, and it wasn't like, oh man, <laughs> I don't know. I just thought like, man, how many matches are we going to have? That's the first thing I thought. Like, how many matches <laughs> are we going to have on this damn card? It's going to be endless. It's going to be like WrestleMania all day long. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, they might split up to two WrestleManias. We talked about they that. They should. Last year we yeah. talked about that. It was either last year or two years ago we talked about that watching WrestleMania. Like, gosh, this needs to be two days. Um, okay, so you mentioned Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre. It looks like that's what they're doing. Um, they, uh, they they teased uh, that on Monday. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that is going to be a tremendous match. The only problem I have with that match is... Roman cannot lose, uh, and thus I think the, I think the, uh, the match in of itself is a little predictable, and I'm I'm a little worried that McIntyre, uh, as probably the number one heel post WrestleMania, is going to lose to Roman. Um, maybe it doesn't matter that much, but that's kind of my only thing. But other other than that, like I think these guys are going to have a great great match. Yeah, no, it should be really good. Um, you know, both are. Both guys have, you know, Roman looked good on his, on his return. I mean, he's you know in this match with, at Fastlane, I thought he looked really good. 
Uh, Drew's been just fantastic for the last couple of years, you know, three or four years or five years now. You know, he was doing great stuff with the Indies too. And before he went back to WWE. So, yeah, it should, should, be, should be a great match. Shane and The Miz is going to happen. Shane came yeah. out on Tuesday to cut a promo on The Miz. And he was supposed to give his reason for turning on The Miz, and he absolutely did not do that. He did. He just talked. He said he's sick of doing stuff for people, and that was it. I was like, I was like, okay, thanks for not telling us why you turned on The Miz. Yeah, because they didn't have a, they didn't have a, a good excuse for it. <laughs> That's what happens when they when someone turns on someone. They say, hey, I don't have to say why I did. It, I just did it. It's it means that the writers, the bookers, whoever had no real clue what they yep. what you know what good idea that why they turned it just did it secretly the match i'm most looking forward to at wrestlemania is aj styles against randy orton and they did a segment on smackdown where orton cut down everything that aj styles did on both on the indie scene and on tna he did, i don't think he mentioned tna but he did mention dixie carter I think he referenced TNA basically as an indie, which is pretty funny. (laughs) He did not mention that AJ was also IWGP champion. But AJ then cut down Randy for having everything given to him, including being in Evolution with Triple H, who had the most stroke. So they're using inside terminology here as well. Uh, And so, you know, interesting... not, I'm not surprised that they're doing this because a lot of times when they want to get immediate heat, they they do this so that the fans go, oh, I can't believe they're like, you know, they're they're breaking kayfabe or whatever. Uh, but the promo was good. Like, it, I, I don't know. I watch Randy Orton and I go, if I wanted to create the perfect pro wrestler in 2019, I would just create Randy Orton all over again. And... Uh, and I still, I still think he's like, you know, even though he's probably, he doesn't have to prove anything. And I feel like that's part of the reason why he doesn't, you know, he's, he doesn't have really that focus and drive as he once did. And, you know, he's, he's, he's there forever, man. He's a, he's a, he's, he's a made guy, but I just wish he would have that little chip on his shoulder and just go, you know what? F this. I'm still the flipping best wrestler in this entire company. And if he did want to do that what a perfect guy to have that match with in 2019 with aj styles because he's kind of in the same boat right like they um on the fast lane uh pre-show which you didn't see thankfully um the guy sam whatever with the with the uh the the super curly hair i forget his name he's really bad on this show sam roberts yeah there you go he basically said to aj why are you out here on the pre-show? You were the champion at one point. And AJ was like, uh, 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 come on, you can't win them all. Like, it was, it was like, almost like caught him off guard. And, uh, and so I, I feel like that's also part of the thing is like, AJ's like, you know, what the F man, I was the champion at last year's WrestleMania. And I, I don't want to be put in an afterthought match. So I can't, like, I'm secretly hoping that these guys like pull out all the stops and it's one of those like yeah try and follow that kind of matches i don't know if they'll have the time and again you need sort of a a very inspired and passionate randy orton in order to do that but this is like the match i'm most looking forward to in the whole show 
Yeah, they get the time, and you know, Randy Orton's gonna he's gonna step up and have a good match, especially for WrestleMania. And same with AJ, of course. So, I mean, I, I they had a really, I mean, when I think it was one of AJ's, it was the first year he was here at WWE. He that SmackDown match. match. Yeah, that match was great, and made he, me want more and more of that program, which you never got. So now we're getting it. And didn't he try to hit the phenomenal forearm? And as he went off the rope, then Randy caught him in the RKO. Yeah, or he faked something and then hit the RKO or something like that. He almost like. Something interesting like that. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. It was a good match. I mean, people should definitely seek that out and rewatch it. I'm sure it's on the network by now. It definitely is on the network by now. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, it was just a really, a really good match, and I think I even picked it for my top five of that of that quarter. Yeah, yeah. Um, um but uh, but yeah, I, mean, I, 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 it's just on WrestleMania, so I think it, obviously it's the first match of a program. So I assume. Orton gets the win here and sets up future matches between between those two, and they should be good. I hope it's for a title eventually, but it looks like Daniel Bryan will be in the main event mix for a while, and he deserves it so because he's 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 been he's been great as his character. And so the other only other match that at least they are hardcore teasing uh, and and that they have stuff going for is a program that I'm not currently watching because I don't watch 205 Live, but Buddy Murphy is going to face the winner of the 205 Live number one contender tournament. And the finals of that tournament um, are Cedric Alexander against, uh, I think it is... Uh, Tony Nice. Tony Nice. There you go. I was going to say Drew Gulak, but then they had they had the match. and um, So you're right, Tony Nice. So... Um, not following it like New Japan Cup, but uh, Cedric Alexander and Buddy Murphy, if that is where they go, those guys have great matches all the time. So if that if that's what they want to open, you know, the pre-show to WrestleMania with again, like fine, fine by me. I, it just means that I'll probably watch most of that pre-show then. Yeah, it'll be on the pre-show for sure, um, and it'll be a great match for sure. And it'll be interesting to see what happens. After that match, come, after, you know, the next night. So it should be. Are you te- you're, Are you teasing? Is it like a little tease of? I don't know. I, th- I think things are be happening. Okay. <laughs> I think. I think uh, you know it's a day after WrestleMania, and we'll see what's next. All right. Well, we'll leave us hanging. Why don't you? And maybe we'll talk. <laughs> maybe we'll talk about it more as we get closer. Uh, okay. So. I have one spoiler that I want to bring up only because I want to talk with John about it. So if you want to fast forward for five minutes, go for it. It's about TakeOver. Uh, Literally the... ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's for the main event. Obviously, we mentioned uh, last show that Ciampa is, uh, is injured and, and out for probably many, many, many months. And good luck to him on his recovery. It's just shitty timing. But, um, you know, we thought about, okay, what do you do? And who's going to be in the match? And what's going to be the main event for TakeOver, uh, you know, New Jersey or, or, or whatever, TakeOver, um, TakeOver Brooklyn or, or, or whatever. And so, and so they, uh, they, did it, they did a multi-man match on the, the TakeOver tapings tonight. And the winner was going to get a shot at Johnny Gargano. Not a shot, but he was going to face Johnny Gargano for the NXT Championship in a two out of three falls match. And coming out of that match to face Gargano 
is someone who John, when I just asked him off the top of his head when Ciampa got injured, he said, oh, maybe Adam Cole. And so Adam Cole is going to face Johnny Gargano in the main event, and there's your match for TakeOver Brooklyn WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, it's going to be really good. I'm not a big fan of the two out of three falls, though. I think sometimes that can be a detriment to the story. I think it's a, it's an old it's an old stip that was worked in the old days. I think fans today don't have the patience for it. And I think it can kill momentum of, of the of the match a lot of times. Unless it's but these guys are really good, so I'm sure it'll be fine. I just I'm just a little worried about the two out of three falls dip, but you know, I know I know Triple H and WWE and NXT writers are trying to make it what can we do to make it just something a little extra on the match? Because, you know, people are bummed out that they're not going to get that big closure of that, the main storyline of NXT, which is uh, Gargano and Ciampa. So now, what do you do here? Do you have Gargano just win it, as he probably was scheduled to do? Or do you have Cole win it and now have... Gargano chase him because mm-hmm. sometimes if he sometimes if you have a guy chase for too long, it could hurt. If he finally wins it, people are just kind of over it. So now, does do do people care enough that he's got to beat Ciampa for the belt? <laughs> like, Jimmy Cole? Yeah. No, 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 no. no I'm mean, I'm saying Gargano has got to beat Ciampa at some point. Like, yeah, that's yeah. like the long storyline, right? Yeah, yeah, that that that's that's what I assume that's what they're going to go to when Champa comes back. So, or maybe this is, you know, maybe this is the, you know, when Champa comes back, it's title for title, quote unquote. Maybe you know, I mean, even though Champa's not the champion, but he still like never lost a title, right? He lost due to injury. So yeah, maybe it's like a big, a big big main event next year, WrestleMania weekend time and. And uh, I'm assuming that Gargano is not going to go to the main roster now and just keep him in NXT till Ciampa comes back. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, I think I think we are good to go here on uh, on that stuff. But now we're going to talk about Raw episode ten, which hmm. according to IMDb. Aired March twenty second, nineteen ninety three, which is a little weird because when I looked at episode eleven, it said in April fifth. So I'm wondering if they skip a week or maybe IMDb is just wrong. But well, no, uh, no, because on the network it says April fifth, the next episode. I know, but what what is what is uh, April? What does uh, the tenth say? What does uh, episode ten say? It says twenty second because. The march to WrestleMania happens on the twenty eighth. So do they just re-air it in the in the raw set in the raw? I don't know. That's just the Westminster Dog Show. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's interesting that they're going to interrupt the build on Raw on the road to WrestleMania. 
that I, I, I don't know kind, kind of yeah, funky we'll have to, you'll have to go to the archives of the observer to find yeah out. i mean i i didn't read ahead i don't like reading ahead in the observer unless i i feel like there's something that i need to so i didn't read ahead i'm sure we'll have the explanation next week but basically raw episode 10 is like the, the worst of the 10 raws that we have looked at um and I don't think this will be a very long show or a very long segment, but basically it is 36 minutes. And at the end of this, uh, I'll give you my guess as to why it was only 36 minutes. So usually they're about what? 40, 42, 44 minutes. Okay. So, so there's like a six to eight minute shaving on the show. So, uh, to open the show, Vince is back. Last week he was gone. He was he was at the Michael Landon Foundation getting an award, and uh, and Bartlett is also back, not dressed as Vince McMahon this time, Macho Man, of course. And our first match is Damian Demento and the Repo Man against of all tag teams, the Bushwhackers. Like I didn't even I don't even remember them being around at this time. Yeah, they they were around. They weren't doing much. Obviously, they were just you know doing the bushwhacker stuff. (laughs) They had a forever long view with the Beverly Brothers, but uh, I did like the entrance though. I thought the entrance was cool. They went. Yeah, they went to the um, The balcony balcony area. Did you see them like grab that one? Like I think it was Luke grab this lady. She was not happy about being licked and all that stuff. It was pretty classic. You can't really – it's not up close, but I was watching it because she was like not – didn't seem too happy about being pulled in. and and uh, But, you know, people are going crazy for the entrance, and it always – it's a fun entrance, you know. And uh, um, the match was, you know – oh, did you <laughs> – did you see uh, Dave Nanto was supposed to duck a – Double clothesline, but he did it like way too early, <laughs> and then and then they, poor Bushwhackers look like goofballs. I mean, not they already look like they're goofballs in general, but like they just look like complete fools. Like, but it just was missed time. It was the voices in his head, man. Told him, I, I guess so. And um, but it's funny. I have a funny story about this match because I watched it uh, the last night, and I started playing it. My 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 daughter was. You know, having a hard time falling asleep. She was in our bedroom, my wife, trying to fall asleep. And all of a sudden, the bedroom door opens. I thought my wife's going to have Chloe in her arms, put her to bed. Nope. Out comes Chloe walking, right? <laughs> She's still wide awake. And I'm like, oh, my God, just go to bed, my sweetheart. So I push pause on the, on the match. She comes out and goes, Daddy, what are you watching? I look up, I pause it right when Luke bites Damien Demento <laughs> in the butt. <laughs> I, I, was, I had to quickly get off that screensaver or uh, whatever, that pause. My wife's looking at me like, first laughing. She's like, what do you want? <laughs> I was like, oh, man. And so, so she finally went to bed, thank goodness. And I got to finish this epic match of... Uh, I'm glad I did watch this match because that moment when Damian Demento drops down to duck from the cl- double clothesline is the best because it's so way in advance and just looks so awkward and stupid. <laughs> so okay, so we had just watched a couple weeks ago, or well, maybe it's actually more than a couple weeks ago, 
the Repo Man attacks Macho Man. And they do this long thing, and then they have this match. And now he's basically in a jobber tag team. What happened? Eh, this is a little thing they did for a couple weeks. You know, I don't think, you know, I I think May Savage, you know, enjoys working with a guy he knows. And, you know, Smash is easy guy to work with. And I don't know. Maybe it's just one of those. It was a quick two-week thing. Nothing to get. Nothing. The Repo Man wasn't going to be pushed anywhere higher than you know, opening mid-card guy, you know, heel guy. Yeah. So Vince announces that he keeps saying next Sunday, when it's actually the upcoming Sunday, a March 2 WrestleMania 9 is the uh, USA special Sunday show. And the main event of that show is Savage and Yokozuna. I, I didn't I, I didn't find it, but when when did they tape that show? Do you know? It must have been a, it could have been a month before. You know, you never know. Like, well, so I mean, so so what I know is is that this taping of Raw was one of a few tapings because I think they had to tape like all the way through and past WrestleMania because they were going to be in Europe like mm-hmm. right after. So I know that they did a bunch. So I'm wondering if like. You know, because Savage at the end of the show, Savage guarantees victory over Yokozuna. Yeah, and Vince goes, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> but I did watch the match. It's it's just by by coincidence, like WWE put on their hidden gems this whole march to WrestleMania. We just found out today on the network. Yep, and um, which is hilarious because I was trying to find this whole show so we could watch it maybe if you wanted to cover it oh yeah i'm I'm definitely gonna try to watch it this weekend at least you know have it on in the background i would definitely watch the savage yoko matches it was it was pretty good and that crowd's super hot and it is also a callback to the end of the royal rumble yes and the finish is interesting just not the finish of the match the finish how how that ended and um do you want me to tell you, or are you gonna watch it? Or I, it I I know what happens. I I I, I clipped to the end because I wanted to see how uh, how strong Yoko goes into into WrestleMania. So I saw. But it's it's funny because they did you know he you know Joe it, Savage doesn't take the bonsai to get pinned. He takes the belly to belly suplex, right? Mm-hmm. So Savage agrees to get pinned on TV, which you know in that era being pinned on TV is a big deal, right? Now they don't they don't care. Or it doesn't matter. It happens you know every other week. Um, so Savage, who must, must have said, okay, I'll do the job, I'll put over Yoko, I'll do the job on TV, but he's not giving the bonsai, I'm going to move out of the way of the bonsai, and then I'm still going to get something on Yoko, which is, to me, is weird when you're trying to build up Yoko as this monster, you know, mm-hmm. like, I wouldn't have Yoko being hit to the floor and take a little bump to the floor after after a guy that he just beat mm-hmm. uh, even though it is macho man i get it, it's macho man but vince doesn't see macho man as macho man in 1988 right yeah yep. he sees him as this older guy that he wants to phase out as a commentator so i just thought that was interesting i if i if it was me i probably would have cut that <laughs> i would have cut the whole bonsai stuff and just you know but that would have been uh Come shadiness, but you know that's wrestling. It is. It very much is wrestling. 
Um, okay, so to get back to the show, uh, the next match is Tatanka against Reno Riggins. Is this the first time we've seen Reno Riggins on Raw? Yes, yes. And this is a good match. Best match on the show. Riggins, a uh, longtime WWE guy. Um, do you know like his background and all that stuff? I know he's from, I think he's from the South. I'm not from Reno, Nevada. I know that. Um, he was one of my WWF favorite job guys because he always had, like, they always gave him, he was good, and so they always gave him a competitive match. Um, I think at one point he had a team with Barry Horowitz. They actually had the same kind of matching gear. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say that was 94, 95-ish. Um and I remember being, I, lo- I was surprised to see him on the, that's when I was, you know, tape trading and watching stuff from all over. Um, there used to be a promotion, Burt Prentice promotion out in, um, I think Knoxville or somewhere mm-hmm. called Music City Wrestling. Yes. And it was him, and I believe it was Chris Michaels. They were like the Tennessee Vols tag team, and they were like a featured tag team. It was just cool to see, you know, Reno featured and, I think he ended up being a promoter down. I think he had Saw uh, Southern All Star Wrestling was a promotion that maybe he. I know he was involved in, so I, I remember seeing him as like a commissioner type. I'm sure he was the promoter. I, I, I looked. I looked him up on Wikipedia. Neil Hargrove from Nashville, Tennessee. Mm, mm-hmm. He ta- he was a tag team with Stephen Dunn. As the Tennessee Volunteers oh, from, done. Okay. for Music okay. City Wrestling, feuding with Flash Flanagan and Wolfie D. Yeah, I thought it was Chris Michaels, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So Tennessee, they're a pretty good team. They're they're really good, and and, at the, and they were jacked. <laughs> they were jacked too. Um, Reno was, Reno Riggins was pretty jacked here. Yeah, he he was great. Big this chest. Was, this match was definitely the 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 best match on the on the show and I like the moment where he like he laid in like a weak chop and said watch this chop he just was a weak chop then and then Tataka lights him up with the chop I thought that was a cool <laughs> little fun moment and that backdrop was crazy my gosh he went so high for that backdrop over rotated a little bit too much and landed on his butt but man it was, it was, it was crazy uh, so Bartlett says that Re- he mentions Reno Riggins' tan lines <laughs> and Vince was like like Vince was just like as if that matters in a wrestling match. Like, he was pretty fed up with that line. Um, one thing I noticed, though, is I don't know if this is just that that Manhattan Center crowd in general, but we had been noticing, like, how hot Tatanka was with the crowd on the previous Raws. And the the I, I didn't feel like they were as into him, but it could have been, you know, I, I we don't know what hour of the taping this would have been or, or whatever. But it's just, you know, I was so used to seeing that crowd go mm-hmm. nuts for him, and it was a little bit it was a little bit muted this time. Did you also notice? Yeah, that that was interesting, but you probably, it could have been like hour four, right? Yeah, like a long taping. Yeah. Um, did you also notice that Barla didn't say much in this episode? Well, they, they only had him do, like, skit stuff, like, at the very end. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting. I thought... Well, was, well he, nice. had, he had he had two skits on this show. One was in the middle of, uh... Gosh, there was a match that he was, like... What, it might have been the Money, Inc. match, where he was just, like, watching the monitor, and he's like, started watching TV, like, right in the yeah, middle of the show. They were trying to get over that nothing else is really on. Like, why waste your time? There's nothing really on TV right now. You should be just only watching Raw at this time. Yeah, yeah. 
And so um, I, I wouldn't do that, though, if the first thing you turn to is uh, Michael Jackson's Smooth Criminal video. Because that is, like, better than this Raw by, like, 100 times. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I probably would change the channel, too. But, <laughs> but Silk Stockings is not coming up next. It's The Matrix Show. Which is, oh, yeah. Yeah, I think WWE needs to acquire the rights for Silk Stockings. And it needs to be uh, put on the network. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great <laughs> if they did that. So, uh, so Andre the Giant is their first Hall of Fame member of of the uh what is now their their hall of fame uh that they do every year at wrestlemania so andre is number one that that's a good trivia question for you uh they did a very sweet video package of him and uh what the the kind of the funny thing about there's not nothing funny about andre dying but the timing of of them putting him in the hall of fame is wcw is like putting together this slamboree card where they're championing all of these legends and they're creating their own hall of fame and wwe just does it on wrong goes up oh, we got a hall of fame now and they beat him to the punch yeah yeah that was that was interesting but uh i i like that video package that was cool I like yeah it was, it was very it was a very sweet video package uh and so uh there there's a moment uh as I, they're either going to commercial or coming back from commercial i don't, I don't exactly remember but Bartlett goes, there's Jason, Billy, and Kevin from One Life to Live in the audience. And so I was like, I wonder if that was really them or not. So I went to our uh, our Raw correspondent, our 1993 Raw cor- correspondent, Nick M- Nick M- uh, McMood, and who is, uh, he, he's, he's got this, uh, this uh, he's got the flu or something, so get well, Nick. He's, he's been he's been uh had some bad luck with with uh, illnesses in the last couple of weeks so um so i said you know was that real or fake and he's like i think i'm pretty sure he was like making fun of the idea that you know these guys were were at the show i don't think that they were they were really soap opera stars but then he said something like i'm not sure though because i was only watching all my children back then so <laughs> sh- shout out to nick I thought one of the guys looked like ryan philippe that's the one the and I was like, is that Ryan Philby? But then it wasn't. And I was like, yeah, it's just. And that was a weird moment. Yeah. You know. It was like, it was just, we, it was weird because it's just, there was no reason for it. But, you know, whatever. We, we get these like weird, out of the, uh, like just not even part of what we're doing, what we're supposed to be watching moments with Bartlett. And then we talked about him changing the channels and stuff. Um, the, he did get a funny line on Macho Man, though, because as he's changing channels, he goes, Randy, and Randy's like, yeah, what? He's like, you're also on the sh- home shopping club right now or something like that. <laughs> I was like, okay, that was funny. You got me. You got me, Rob. Um, so uh, so Money Incorporated beats uh, beats two guys. I didn't get their names. Um, DiBiase, beautiful power slam, IRS, beautiful flying lariat. And uh, and they and they beat the jobbers. They're so strong going into this match with with Hogan and Beefcake. Like they've they've been like just beating the hell out of these teams of late. Yeah, yeah, it's this simple simple build with them. Um, the match was this match was a nice squash match. The 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 one kid that started the match out had a pretty good look, but he's very very green and and like like he hit the ropes wrong and. Well, they really tagged him out. <laughs> Got the partner. They never tagged that guy back in, and and they went to the finish with the power slam. And then you know, money, you know, money and um, 
IRS never had like a double team finisher. Mm-hmm. They'd always switch off either. He, you know, this this scenario with the power slam and the clothesline, or you know, DiBiase would beat him, beat an opponent with the million dollar dream, or or IRS would be the guy with the Samoan his version of the Samoan drop, right? So they never had a finisher. I, I, that's one thing I thought about when I was watching this match. Um, and then they do what is supposed to be the main event match, which was this was the worst. Um, Doink the Clown versus Kamala. So both of these guys actually have matches scheduled for WrestleMania. They they mentioned that Kamala was going to face Bam Bam Bigelow, but that match actually gets pushed off the card, right? That, that doesn't actually happen. Yeah, it doesn't happen, no. I don't know why, but it doesn't happen. So uh, Kamala gets counted out because Doink plays him for a fool and gives him a present that Kamala needs to unwrap. And then Doink slides under the rope and back in the ring, and Kamala gets counted out and opens the present and notices that there's nothing there. Um, like, I don't like babyface Kamala because he's the dumbest human being in the world, and I don't like that stereotype at all. Uh, and so this was just like... I, I if, if I was... Like, if I was a casual person going, like, oh, wow, like, this is kind of cool, I would have turned this friggin' show off during this match. Yeah, this was... And what's up with Doink's wig? Like, it's the thing, like, a shorter haircut or something <laughs> on it. But no, this match was, 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 was pretty bad. It actually didn't start off too bad. Like, I liked, I enjoyed, like, you know, Doink's wrestling uh, Kamala down. But then, like... Like, it was weird. Kamala goes under the ring. Doink, like, we assume he crushed him with a chair, but then he really didn't, right? Because the Doink hits the 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 metal beam of the ring, and, and you think, like, oh, man, he must have crushed Kamala in there, but he didn't. And Kamala comes back from the other side, and got, that got a good reaction. And, mm-hmm. and then it just, it just, what a, what a, what a, what a waste of time. Like, it did nothing. Like, why can't you just beat Kamala here? Like, or why are we protecting babyface Kamala? You know, like, Doink is the one that you're really pushing. And yeah. He has a, a featured match at WrestleMania gets crushed. Like, I think he should have beat him here. Yeah. So, at the end of the show, how's this for laughs? And this is basically Vince McMahon making fun of fat women. Uh, Bartlett, his fan club is out because... Bartlett won an award for spam eating, <laughs> and thus his fan club comes out uh, to to celebrate him. And they are, uh, you know, three older women who they use for the uh, the cards, the 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 ring girls, the Rosetta sisters, the Rosetta sisters. Yeah. And then uh, Bartlett has to make out with one, and he wipes his mouth after making out with her, and Vince acts like that was uh, rude of him to do so and the whole time I'm thinking like fool you booked this whole friggin segment what are you talking about <laughs> so I dumb kept, I just kept wondering how many boys got the Rosetta sisters <laughs> <laughs> oh my god there, that's the story we need to hear one day maybe one day we'll hear some Rosetta sister stories I think one just passed away recently which is just pretty sad but uh, yeah that was a another waste of time just vince's humor of you know and and then i think bartlett after he kisses one of them 
and then he wipes his mouth. When he wipes his mouth, he kind of back elbows the one in the middle, oh. and like he he whispers like sorry. <laughs> <laughs> is like this he's like he's like trying to cover up that this is not you know this this fat shaming segment yeah, is like yeah. he's like come on bartlett don't be like that it's like this is horrible oh stuff. my god so yeah those back-to-back segments in a row really turned me off on this show but um okay so uh, we asked the question why was this show shorter than normal and i think i have the answer though i'm not 100 percent sure but i think this is the right thing which is Remember last week when they did that long video package of Vince getting the, uh, you know, doing the charity and WWE is like this great uh, company and is working with, you know, all these all, all, all these kids and the youth and all that stuff. So I think what happens is I think they do like either a new video or like an extended one that goes uh, for uh, longer than than. Um, than the, than the one before. And I think that's what is pulled out of this show. So it's like Vince doing more, you know, patting himself on the back because he's under fire still from, you know, from what he calls the tabloid terrorism. And so I think that's what they don't show in this uh, in this version of Raw, which is another long version of that kind of video. Interesting. I, that's the first thing I noticed when I clicked on the episode on the network when it said 36 minutes i'm like something's missing and i was trying to figure out what it was but yeah that, that makes sense okay so uh i think for next week's raw segment should we just i mean, I mean should we since, since since there is a skip in the uh in, in the week there should we just talk about the the road to or the march to WrestleMania, or do you also want to uh, do the next show? Because we're we're gonna be uh, a few weeks ahead at that point because they're skipping well, can't shows. Can we just do WrestleMania? We could as as a single as a single show. We could do that too. That's what, that's why I would. I th- I'm, I'm definitely gonna watch this WrestleMania now. <laughs> after you know, because I'm you know, it, it'd be fun to watch it after the build we've been talking about it for weeks so so basically we have the march to I mean, Rus- there's, there's not really much on the march to wrestlemania though yeah it's just it's just a bunch of matches it's like a bunch of squashes a comedy match with you know the beverly brothers and and the bushwhackers with their with their midget wrestler partners which is one's one's dink future dink um and there's a kurt hennig versus mr Perfect versus a, a skinner match which yeah, I don't know if we really need to watch that. And then there's a money corporate squash. There's a band Hogan, Hogan interview. Hogan interview. Hogan there's and Beefcake interview. Hogan interview. Yeah, long Hogan interview. So I, mean, I don't know if we should watch that, but I don't know. We can. Well, we can skip it. So I think I think we have the March to WrestleMania, and then one more Raw, and then WrestleMania. Right? Is that how the schedule goes? I thought I looked in. There wasn't a Raw. I, thought, I don't know. Because I think they skips a week. Because the 28th is March WrestleMania, the 29th is that Monday. But there's no Raw. Yeah, so you're right. You're right. WrestleMania is on the is fourth. the fourth. So yeah. so maybe next week we just come back and we review WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah, I think so. All right, I'm down. Sounds good. All right, so. Uh, so the last thing I wanted to do was I wanted to read Robert Silva's prediction 
of the Errol Spence Mikey Garcia fight, which is this weekend. It's uh, pre, uh, Premier Boxing Champions uh, pay per view. Uh, I am going to try to check it out in the movie theater, though that Saturday's pretty busy. Uh, I will I will try to watch it, uh, but I'm not paying seventy five dollars for this fight. But I wanted to read Robert's Robert's uh, prediction for the fight. And, uh, and just end this this edition of uh, Fight Game Podcast with, with his review. So I'll just read it. It's a couple paragraphs. It's not that long. Mikey Garcia is arguably one of the top five Mexican-American fighters to ever step in the ring. Only Oscar De La Hoya and Johnny Tapia are ahead of him. In my opinion, he has the picture-perfect style to defeat the consensus top fighter in the world, Vasily Lomachenko. He is the best counterpuncher in the sport, as well as possessing one of the best jabs. That being said, I don't see him having a shot at defeating a welterweight beast in Errol Spence. Spence is too powerful, fast and strong for Garcia. Spence is a tremendous boxer-puncher who throws lightning combinations and has one-punch knockout power in both hands. He's one of the best body punchers in the sport as well. Garcia will not go away easily. For the first six rounds, I see the fight being very competitive. The second half of the fight will see Spence's strength and speed take control. I see him hurting Garcia around the ninth and putting him away. When Spence has you hurt, he bangs the body like a wolf eating a rabbit. <laughs> Spence by tenth stoppage or knockout. So that's Robert's uh, prediction, uh, and we will we can talk about the fight. Um, uh, on next week on, on this show. And the only other thing I wanted to say is Robert is uh, writing the greatest lightweights of all time. He does a top five. I think he did um, he did welterweights, he did middleweights, and he may have done super middleweights as well. And now he's on uh, the light the lightweight. So we're going to post those on uh, fightgamemedia.com. I think it's still directed to Fight Game Blog, but that will change soon. And, uh, and if you want to see any more of Robert's writing, just go to the website and you can search for uh, Robert Silva and all of his, his writing will be there. Um, yeah, I'm looking for, I mean, I mean I'm, I'm going to try it myself to run to the theater, which I, you know, luckily for me, I have one really close by. Um, so I might try to meet you there. If it all works out, all depends. If the babies go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, it, it it it'll be fun. I I have uh, I have some stuff to do, but I also feel like I, I because it's so late in the evening that I can definitely make the time. And and I want to see the fight. Like Errol yeah, Spence man. is, Errol Spence is going to be a guy. So I'm into the build. The commercials got me. You know, the both undefeated fighters. Uh, yeah, I want to see it. Just you know, real life stuff. It's just you know more important. But yeah, if totally. I, if, if I can get away. And catch it real quick. That'd be that'd be awesome. All right, so I think we're done with this edition, and uh, we will be back next week with uh, another episode talking. You know, talking WrestleMania nine. I mean, come on, of all, of all things to talk about, that's exciting. Yes, Yoko and uh, Yoko. Sorry, uh, Giant Gonzalez and the Undertaker. <laughs> oh man. Uh, okay, I, I I you know. I have, this is one of the shows, and I, and I won't talk about much, but this is one of the shows where I desperately, so desperately wanted to like it that I must have watched it like five times to just try and convince myself that this was actually a good show. And every time when I was done, 
I was like, ah, that was not that good of a show. So, the, you know, we, we will also see the, uh, the um, first ever WWF showcasing of Jim Ross. So that'll be interesting. And and, uh, and the world's largest toga party. <laughs> and we'll have more of the story of how Jim Ross actually made it to WWF. We were kind of talking about that. There wasn't any news in, in, in this this current version of The Observer that we're covering. But uh, but there will be... Uh, the, uh, the, the story is actually quite interesting when it all comes out. So just a little tease for the, for the next couple weeks of, of, of uh, Jim Ross being on WWF. All right. For... John, I'm Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out.